You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are creeping into July here. The 4th of July is over, all right? And and for me, this is kind of like this tipping point in in the summer, right? Uh, the, the velvet has been growing for a while now, but now you're really starting to see the characters. Some, some are noticeable, right? There's a lot of the deer are, man, I wanna say definitely over 50% done probably creeping closer to 75% done by the end of this month they'll be fully developed if I had to you know I'm not a biologist but what I'm getting at here man is it is time right it's time to get out the trail camera it's time to start shooting the bow it's time to check ammo it's time to sight in the guns it's time to dust off the boots and if you got new boots break them in right get out the saddles get out the tree stands tune the arrows and let's get to work on this year's buck, right? And, and a lot of the people, there are some of us who listen to this and they go, well, you know, I just, I'm, I'm not, on, I'm on a different level. I want to go, uh, you know, shoot some does. That's fine. Go do that. But if you're like me and you want to shoot the biggest, baddest buck in the timber, then you have some work to do between now and the time that that happens right you got to scout you got to get out there what's this deer doing what what's his movement and so it's it's time to start flipping the switch to deer mode and uh tell the wife that you will see her in the springtime <laughs> so uh i i don't recommend doing that but you know what i'm getting at here um today's episode is another fall sessions episode with aaron and um it's a really good one. We were going to talk about summer scouting, but I think we're going to do that next week. The The reason that um, we talk about what we talk about today is because I feel it is as equally important, right? And we got to talk about this, this balance uh, with kids, with work, with the wife, uh, the brownie points, you know, and, and, and how much time to dedicate to a season maybe some guys want to do more than others and I just feel like if you have if you're going all out during hunting season you, you then have to go all out in your personal life and other times of the year and so we talk about that balance and this is a really good episode for those who maybe have either they have a new marriage or they have one child like a brand new child and you want to hunt more and so we talk a little bit about what it takes. We talk about setting expectations and then following through with what you promise you're going to get done in the off season before the season starts. Uh, me personally, I don't, other than coaching my kids baseball team, I don't have any other hobbies per se, right? Um, we need, we need to make sure that when we leave the home, especially now, if you're single, shit you go have your fun man if you don't have any kids go have your fun but as a as a grown adult who has children and and other responsibilities you got to take you got to make sure that those responsibilities are taken care of before you go on maybe an out-of-state hunt or dedicate the time during the rut or whatever so uh really good uh conversation today uh we got to do some commercials real quick and i really appreciate you guys listening to these commercials because this is how I get paid and this is why these um, you know these podcasts are free right? I don't have to charge them because I, I can sell advertising on them 
and that's how this works. So what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about tethered, right? Okay. So last week I just got the new tethered lockdown in the mail and after putting it on and messing around with it a little bit, I've come to the conclusion that this new tethered lockdown is the perfect saddle for a beginner. And um, it's a little bit bigger, but my favorite part about it is the pockets that come on the side of it, these zip pockets. And so as you're climbing, you know, you don't have to have something in a pair of cargo shorts or in a coat pocket. Everything you need is right there attached to the saddle. Uh, it comes with some suspenders as well that you can click on and, and use. Uh, if you don't want to use them, you don't have to because they're removable. But everything is right there. Your boat, like a bow rope, your um, you can get in and, and do some bow hangers, uh, any screw-in type stuff that you need, you can do as well. Your grunt tube. Uh, maybe a, a bleak call, whatever, you know, a sandwich, shit, I don't, I don't know, but uh, go tether, uh, check out tetherednation.com and read up on this new lockdown saddle, and while you're there, check out all the other accessories that they sell as well, so there's tethered, uh, we have W, wasp, wasp archery, my friends, uh, I mean, the closer we get to, for me, it's October 1st, uh, the more jacked up I get about my broadhead, and that is because it's just a head that I have confidence in, right? I mean, the, the, the three-blade jackhammer that I've been shooting for a lot of years, it is an absolute machine monster, whatever you want to say. It destroys tissue. And that is what you want your broadhead to do, right? Especially in marginal shots. So if it's a marginal shot, you want as much damage as humanly possible and that's why i'm a huge fan of the uh of the jackhammer three blade uh, go check it out wasparchery.com while you're there check out all the other heads majority of their heads are still made in america and i do have a discount code for you it is nfc20 and you can get 20 percent off of your purchase so uh, wasparchery.com uh, next on the list we have Vortex Optics. Vortex is um, a really good partner. I told you guys a while back, I went and played on their, their marketing team, their marketing department softball team. Uh, I batted 500. This has nothing to do with the actual Vortex uh, products, but I will say this, the people at Vortex are amazing, right? And when you have uh, an, amazing pod, or, uh, an amazing product, right? And you have amazing people, amazing things happen. And that's why their company is number one in, in their category, because they support the customer with things like their VIP warranty. If you break it, smash it. Uh, it's your fault. You send it in. Then you end up getting it back after they fix it for free, no charge. And that's how you keep customers, right? And that's why customers continue to go back to Vortex. Uh, go check out the brand new, a uh, very, uh, uh, affordable, very friendly uh, Triumph uh, pair of binoculars. I think they're 10 by 42. These things are really slick. They're only 99 bucks. So go check it out when, um, uh, go check it out. And if you, if you want a little bit of a discount, hit me up through uh, Instagram DMs and I can send you, I, can, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it here, but if you reach out to me, I can give you a discount code to buy Vortex Optics at another um, at another uh, website. So uh, that's not a scam. It's not a hack. But uh, go check it out there. Uh, last but not least, that's it. Actually, VortexOptics.com, uh, rangefinder, spotting scopes, binoculars, rifle scopes, red dots, you name it, they have it. Uh, so huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, and Vortex. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. And uh, enough of the BS, man. Let's get into today's episode. Three, two, one. All right. Back for another episode of the Fall Sessions. Aaron, man, last week you went on vacation and we didn't get a record. How, uh, how was your little vacation? It was good. It was... Uh... Uh, ups and downs for sure. And you know, you have kids. So uh, there was, uh, you know, there was some 
there were some great moments. Then there were some also really bad moments as far as like kids not listening. You oh, feel like all you're doing is disciplining them and yelling at them. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had my daughter there, but then I had my three nephews too. And it was just like, it was, let's be honest, man, it was chaos. All right. Okay. There was, there was, <laughs> there was no relaxing, no nothing. And I just got to get over the fact that like, being able to sit down for an hour to drink a beer with your wife or something like that is just out of the cars until the kids are out of the house. <laughs> so, right. right. Well, yeah. especially, I don't know, call me controlling. Maybe I'm a little, I like to, I like, I like to have control of situations and I don't mean like, uh, like I am a dictator and I want everything to be a certain way. But I do like to know that certain things are taken care of, like the well-being of my children, right? And so when there are a group of people who are maybe sitting around a campfire and they're drinking beers or they're at a pool party or they're we're at a lake or something like that. And I just feel like there's times where I'm the only one watching the children, like all of them, wherever, wherever they're at. And and then other people are just like assuming somebody else is is taking care of it. Yeah. And like dude, that is that's how accidents happen. So yeah. I feel like my wife and I are that same way. Like we're I yeah. feel like we're you know the only ones watching the kids sometimes. But man, I, I'll tell you, it's it can be difficult. You know, and my yeah. daughter, she's five. So I got two nephews that are older than her, and then one that's younger than her, but it's like she's the easy one to pick on a lot. You know, um, oh, okay. when, when moods, when, when, when someone gets disciplined and, and, and moods don't, you know, he, she's the easy scapegoat to be able to like, you know, pick on that drives me nuts. So, yeah. um, and my daughter's mood gets dictated by the, her cousin's moods a lot. And that doesn't, yeah. because, and that's a go down a, a, a parenting rabbit hole, but my wife and I are very disciplined. Like we, we, we did like we're, we're on our daughter, like, yeah. you know, and that's how we grew up. So it's like very much, you know, don't do that. My five-year-old will walk to your house, Dan, if she shows up at your house, never been there before, she will take her shoes off on the porch and put her shoes, you know what I mean? And it, it sounds yeah. like we're drill sergeants, but like it, you know, it just has made our life so much easier, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, her bedtime's eight o'clock. She's five now. She knows that bedtime's eight. She goes to bed at eight. And we have a couple hours after, you know, she goes to bed to do whatever we want. Like, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, that's how we parent. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I like, I like the word we though, because me and my wife are complete opposites. Okay. Right? I want bedtime to be at a certain time. She's cool with letting it slide and going later. And then, and then she falls asleep, let's say on the couch or something, or she go she goes to bed but she says it's okay for the kids to stay up later and then i have to be the person to put them all to bed so i'm just like i like it here because that way we both can attack you know bedtime and we both are doing this and it's the same time every night but uh, it's summertime now so there's a little bit more chaos in scheduling and and things like that so i i, I really like everything like i i don't care what you say routine helps in 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 kids behavior and, and it builds character too it, it like builds it, character it, yep. and it and it and it just it, it sets them up for life as far as not missing deadlines at work mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. not doing you know x y and z you know the right way or whatever but my wife and i are very much on the same page you know it's not like hey you gave her a bath last night i'm gonna give her you know it's your turn tonight it's just like whoever's like give her a bath you know we're good like and then my, my daughter's to the point where she wants me to read a book to her one night and then mom the next night and then me the next night. And she's yeah. got that. And my daughter's five and she's OCD already. Like she's just very clean. <laughs> she's just, and you know, and that's how we are. And, you yeah. know, you know, you, you said summertime, it's kind of chaos. Yeah. We let her stay up a little later, but the thing is my daughter will be up at six 30 the next morning, regardless how late she stays up, Yeah, you know, and yep. she doesn't nap. So it's like, we know, the next day is going to be complete hell if we don't get some sleep. So, yep. Yep. Oh, like we could sit here and talk about <laughs> being married and how, how sometimes that's a struggle. 
And we talk about how parenting can be a struggle, man. I don't know, like the thing that pisses me off the most, right? And and please don't take this. I've never heard you bitch about it yet, but because you have one kid, right? One, yep. All right. There's there's two things that really piss me off is when a parent with one kid says, Oh my God, it's so hard. And here I have three. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so internally, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. know about stress. You don't know like, oh, my God, I have one kid. Home. You know, no offense. I've never heard you bitch about it. So kudos to you. But um, the other thing is people who have no kids and they go, they say this. Oh, dude, I know exactly what you mean. I have two dogs or some shit like that. <laughs> like, you're comparing your dogs to my children. I can't hit my kids with newspapers and put them in a cage, right? I can't, I can't attach them to a rope and kick them outside, right? Like, uh, I wish I could, but I yeah. can't. So, and you know, my wife and I sometimes we, we never say it's one, it's hard, but we do. You know, there's times where it's difficult. Like she didn't want yeah. to go to bed last night, and it's it was a fucking mess, man. It was yeah. pardon my French, yeah. but you know, yeah. it. I also I I have two sisters. One has four kids. The other one has three kids, and I have a brother and sister in law that have three kids. So it's like, I look at them, and there's times where I'm like, yeah, I'd want to break too, but mm -hmm. my wife and I would always wanted multiple kids before we yep. had kids, and then we had one, and it's like let's reconsider this, you know, because mm -hmm. we were always kind of those parents that were like against having one kid just because yeah. it's like that spoiled little brat and everything. But then it's like, it's all parenting though. Like if they're spoiled, it's because the parents spoiled the shit out of them. Like you gotta mm -hmm. have discipline. You gotta, so it got to the point where like, you know, we're only gonna, we're only gonna have one kid. We're done having kids. And, yeah. but we know that like, we can handle more kids, but do we want to? No, we don't yeah. like call us selfish if you want, but like, I'm good with my daughter. She is amazing. I freaking yep. love her. And yep. I see what my sisters go through and my sister-in-law go through on a daily basis. Pardon my French name, but fuck that. Like, <laughs> I don't want it to be nope. pure chaos yep. every minute of every day because call me selfish. I I don't get to do a ton already of extracurriculars like hunting or anything mm -hmm. else like that. If you throw another kid or two in there, there goes all of that for yep. me and my wife. So it's yep. like... No, man, you only get one shot at this life. I know a big part of it is having kids and, and being able to watch them grow and, and everything like that. I'm good. I am yep. solid where I'm at, you know? Well, that's the best. That is the best answer that a person can give, right? Uh, one and done. Like sometimes it's, you know, they, people make up dumbass excuses, but Hey, uh, I like, I want to have a kid. I got a kid. Uh, and I also want to enjoy my life too. And that's the best answer because really that's what, that's what it comes down here now. Uh, and that's the the boat that we're in is, you know, my wife wants to do all these extra things. I want to do more things like go fishing or, or, you know, run bank poles or, or, you know, stuff like that. And just because we have three kids and three activities, crazy schedule, we're our, our private or our life, is a sacrifice at that point. And that's what people need to know going into having kids is that that if you, the more kids you decide to have, the more of your life you have to dedicate to your kids. Yeah. And so just like you, fortunately for you, you have your one kid, you and your wife can tag team that and, and you can go do your hunting trips and things like that. And shit, I mean, it, depending on how cool your wife is, you go on a ton of hunting trips especially yeah. when she when she gets older for me i'm in a stage right now where i mean three kids and all these activities like when it comes hunting season i'm probably only going to get a total of maybe eight days for my my north or south dakota trip and then depending on when i tag out in iowa or if i tag out in iowa that's another let's just say five to seven days mm -hmm. usually and so that's a, a total of 14 days of hunting an entire year for an entire yeah. year. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I went out for 15 minutes during this Turkey season this year and got lucky, but you know, that's, 
that's what we're dealing with here. So there's this balancing act. So if you ha don't have any kids or you might not be married right now, um, just think about all of this before you jump into like, if, if you're seriously passionate about hunting, fishing, camping, and you want to do it as much as possible, um, everything that you add into your life takes away from your life in a right. way. Yeah. Right? So especially if that person, like me and my wife, we're complete opposites. She doesn't like to be dirty. She doesn't like to go camping. She doesn't like, I mean, her idea of camping is in a cabin with air conditioning and uh, Wi-Fi, right? So okay. I'm, I'm the complete opposite of that. And so, um, so we have to do multiple things. And so I get my uh, kicks off during the hunting season when I can go and go do that stuff by myself. The rest of the year, I have to cater to her and my children right mm -hmm. because yep. you can't go climb a 14er with a 10 year old or well you could but maybe not a, definitely not a five-year-old <laughs> right. <laughs> right so uh yeah, yeah it's just well, a balancing act man and to further your point i don't like i said we, we we're 11 minutes into this and talking about parenting right now so i don't know if mm -hmm. this is what dan really intended on but uh... <laughs> you know, i like this i like it <laughs> because it's real when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right? Yeah. It's real. Like there's, there's guys out there every single year. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's guys out there every single year who struggle with this. Maybe their wife doesn't give a shit that they, that this is their passion, or maybe they do have multiple kids and got into found their passion after they have their kids or something, something along the lines. Right. And so they're not able to have full control over what it is that they want to do yeah and so it's a it's a struggle for a lot of people I, I get emails or or dms every single month or or sometimes weekly about this like hey man i wish i could hunt more but i'm in the same boat as you and and so well yeah and that's what i was going to say too for anybody out there that maybe like you said dan doesn't have kids yet or thinking about it or maybe not married yet like also, you got to think at, you know, the balance, the balance is the balance. Like you got to mm -hmm. figure that out. But I also don't want to hear me included. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear from anybody that, like you said, Dan, like you don't want to hear from anybody that has less kids or no kids, like bitching yeah. that it's hard. I yeah. don't want to hear from you, Dan, that it's hard with three kids because you chose that. Like exactly. you, you guys chose to have three kids. So mm -hmm. you deal with that. You know what yep. I mean? And just yep. like my wife and I, we chose to have one kid. Yeah. There's some, there's some hard times, but like you get through it. We don't yep. bitch to other people about it. We might bitch to each other about it, yep. but you chose that life. So, yep. you know, think about that. And I, it is taxing on a marriage. Like oh it's, yeah. it, 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 your marriage is different. Like than mm -hmm. what it used to be. It, you know, you learn to live with that and, 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 you know, and balance it and everything. Um, it gets harder, but also yeah. like, and I, I want to go to a, another point about, you know, I don't care how cool your wife is. Mm -hmm. I don't care if she doesn't care. You go and hunt all these different States. I don't give a shit if she's the coolest one ever. You're still not a good parent then. Like yeah. you have to balance. Like, these guys that are hunting, maybe this, and this could, I'm going to preface this with, I could be a little jealous. I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's speaking from jealousy, but these guys that are hunting 60, 70, 80 days a year that have multiple kids that are young kids at home that are like hardly ever there. Like, you know, that's pretty selfish. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, oh, I, yeah. I don't, you know, you'll have you chose that life you chose it mm -hmm. so you've got to be as equally as a as a, a quote-unquote killer or deer hunter or you want to be you got to be a better father than that and yeah. husband that's the priority that's it's, the priority it, it's the me. priority over everything yep and you know and you could be one of those one percenters that just make stupid money 
and just can travel everywhere you want to and money makes it happy because mama's okay at home with the kids but still it's just dude i went to tack i went mm -hmm. to tack for three days it's only an hour and a half north of my house for three days i felt guilty that my wife was at home <laughs> and, and this was not her this is just me being me she never right. she was okay she's like you go you you do you you know she's great my wife is awesome but like for three days i'm like probably should get home Pro yeah. like last night was hell on bedtime i should probably get home and help you know it's yeah. just like you gotta like balance it and you gotta figure out your your system and think about that before you before you start uh procreating <laughs> oh yeah that's a fact that's a fact i mean all all good points man i will say this though i chose to have two kids my wife took advantage of me and then we had three kids so although i love him and i will never trade him in he's an awesome human being but uh it the decision to have him was in my wife's hand and and more like nature's hand than it was yeah. me making a clear decision you know at, yeah. at the time so <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah buddy i don't know man uh i feel guilty when i go on my big trips too like it's usually the first night right the first night uh, after yeah. i've got into camp or i'm sleep you know i'm sleeping in the bed of my truck i'm not tired yet because i haven't worked my ass off that day and i'm laying there full of energy thinking okay when am I going to get the text? When am I going to get a call? When am, you know, like, when am I getting all these things are going to, you know, start coming down. And I feel guilty that I've left in the first year or first night, but then like it, it becomes easier because then you're just pure exhausted by mm -hmm. the end of the first day into the second day and all you're falling asleep real easy at night after that point. And so, yeah. Well, I don't know if you're it, anything like me, Dan, but I can't shut it off. Like I can't shut that thought off. Like I can't, like, you know, we talked about, mm -hmm. I'm going to Kansas this year. I'm going to be there for 11, 12 days. I cannot shut off my home life back home and just mm -hmm. solely focus on deer hunting. I just can't. That's mm -hmm. me. Now it's, it's like, uh, it's like, I got to compartmentalize it or whatever. I got to, you know, I, I got to, I have to actively think about shutting my home light life off, but to, to focus more on deer hunting, but I can't because mm -hmm. It is my number one. It is, it is mm -hmm. my, like, I feel like my livelihood is to be a father and, right. and a husband and make sure mm -hmm. everything's good at home. Um, you know, if it's gonna, if we're gonna get a bad storm and we lose power, who's gonna be there to, you know, turn the generator on like that kind of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like, and that's me just not being able to like let go a little bit. Cause my wife is yeah. fully capable of doing that stuff. It's just, it's hard for me to shut it off. I've had to learn that the hard way, uh, really. Uh, and, and I'll say this is it was, it's been a learning curve in the past 11 years for us. And, and so most this, this will be the first year that my wife will not have any help hunting season. Now, granted, all the kids are going to be in school. This is the first year that my son is going to be in, um, in kindergarten, my youngest. So the, the mornings and the evenings are probably going to be a struggle, right? For, for, for my wife. And on the first couple trips, every like, or the first handful of years, I mean, I would say even until we had our third child, he's five. So I'll say the first six years uh, of maybe even seven, she had help, but she would, anytime there was a problem, she would call me. And, and she would say, oh, Mac is being naughty. Mac is doing this, Mac, or, or Ava's ornery. And it's, you know, bedtime was hard. And I'm just like, listen, you're just going to have to deal with it because there's nothing that I can do now except worry. And so she, like, I would then worry. And then when I start to worry, then I'm not focused on the hunt, the reason why I'm there in the first place. And so the one year, I was more worried about like what was going on at home and not what was happening over the next ridge. I could have easily, I could have easily hopped over to the next ridge and, you know, set up another glassing location, but I didn't because I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about what was going on at home. So through my wife becoming better at handling those situations, 
you know, through her own experiences and me reminding her of, of that, like just communication, that I am able to now go on these hunts. I, I, like I said, I, I have a little guilt the first night, but then after that, my goal is to get home as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And that means focus 100% of my energy on the hunt while I'm there, try to get the job done and then get back home. I would rather do it like drive, you know, drive 11 hours to my hunting spot, set up camp, shoot the next morning, drive 11 hours back. Right. Like that's, that's what I would rather do than have an eight day hunt. Yep. Just as far as home is concerned. Plus dude, I just love hanging out with my kids. Like I don't have a ton of friends to be honest with you. I mean, I, I know people, but my best friend in my entire life, he actually lives across the street from me now. And so I, I get to see him almost every day. I have my other best friends. Like I, I, I hate to say it, but my best friends are my kids mm-hmm. in a way. And yeah. I love hanging out with them. I, I still have to be dad and discipline them, but I love hanging out, whether it's playing Super Mario Brothers, whether it's playing baseball, whether it's, you know, throwing mud pie, like just anything, dude. I, I just love hanging out with my kids. And so um, I don't know. I just would rather do like I'm to the point now, and this is gonna sound crazy given the content that we put out. And there's days where I would rather go do nothing with my kids play at a park watch them play at a park then go hunting and yeah. so that's just i don't know man i love being a dad it, well that comes with maturity as well because you that's put a, yeah you you put us you and i 10 years ago in the situation we are right now we're mm-hmm. we wouldn't be thinking like yeah let's go sit at a park you know what i mean like right. no we want to do something else like mm-hmm. um you know and and i've said this on my podcast like i'm okay now with you know, I used to be the volume guy, the guy that had to hunt every day. I'm mm-hmm. okay now with like taking days off. Like I don't have Absolutely. to be the guy that grinds 30, 40 sits, 50, 60, 70 sits out uh, a fall. I don't have mm-hmm. to be like, I'm okay with taking a night off, taking a morning right. off. I have friends that are not okay with that, that bitch and, bitch and moan and complain because they're not in the tree. And I'm like, well, I guess you got to figure that out (laughs) you know like i don't know so yeah it's it's a balancing act like we said so yep well go ahead go ahead well i was gonna say the the sooner that anybody can figure out that balancing act and figure out a system the better off you're going to be and the less stress you're going to be with your family right and i think from a strap you can almost tie this into a strategy standpoint because once you start to know what you're doing as far as the strategy on the properties that you hunt, when deer start to move, right? When the rut actually takes place on the the doe groups that you hunt, you don't have to hunt 50 days a a year, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, last year I tagged out in four here in Iowa, right? And two of those days were rain delay days where I just sat in a hotel room the whole day. And so, once you start to learn and understand that you can still go out and have a ton of fun and still get the job done in way less days. Now, don't get me wrong, dude. There's something awesome about hunting 14 days in a row. I think it was 2000 and I want to say 17 or 19. I can't remember. Anyway, I, I hunted 14 straight days, morning and night in a row. It was a bitch at home, but I was chasing a giant and uh, I, I finally tagged out, not on that buck, but on a different one on the 14th day. And there's something about that grind that I still love. I don't like doing it a lot, but it reminds me of the old, good old days in a yeah. way when I, yeah. I could go out and, and hunt as much as I wanted. Yeah. I will say, well, you know, when I lo- used to listen to you and Mark a lot, like my favorite wired to hunt episodes when was just you and Mark on there. And when you guys would talk about like your rutcation, and mm. this was like, I mean, a long time ago when I would, you know, I was first getting to listen to podcasts, like I envied you guys and the guys that could take 10 to 14 days off of vacation oh, yeah. from work in November and do nothing but hunt. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to do that. But mm-hmm. now it's like, that's not even possible. Like, right. 
you know, it, for me anyway. And I'm like, someday it'll happen, you know, when, when we're empty nesters and my wife is, because my wife likes to hunt too. So she'll either come with me or just, you know, be okay with me going away for two weeks. <laughs> right. So. right, right. Yeah, that's life, man. And, and uh, yeah. I, I'm glad though that I've, I've been able to slow down and absorb everything when I'm in the tree stand, which ultimately leads me to the, the success quicker in a given year and, mm -hmm. and knock on wood, I've had the opportunity to, to capitalize on that in the last, you know, I don't know however many years it's been, uh, every year. And so there's a lot more coming, uh, and I think, you know, every year is a learning experience. Every, I think we, we talked about this. Uh, we, we talked about this before on this podcast, but the stages of a hunter, right? And right now, I think I am on right at the door. Like I am coming, I'm at the tail end of like the, what I would consider the selfish, the, the selfish stage in my life where I am only worried about me getting a deer. And so now I'm, I'm at the tail end of that. And in a couple of years, I see myself putting more energy towards getting my kids on deer than I do. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to find time to go hunt myself, but I'm also, I, I, I have this really gut feeling that I, I'm going to start not giving a shit on my own personal season. And I'm going to continue. Like, I just want to get my kids involved yeah i'm i would say i'm past that door um i used to be pretty selfish in the fact of like it's all about me the fall is all about me um i will say what got me over the hump was my iowa deer when i killed my iowa deer because that was a goal that deer you know regardless of where what state it was in but the size of that deer that was the goal when I was a little kid. I set that I, like not knowing I said it as a little kid, but that was like the pinnacle deer. That's my once in a while lifetime deer. And honestly, Dan, I didn't like sit back after I shot that deer and was like, I've made it. It it honestly coming into the next year after that, I was like, oh wow, I'm okay with like, like it just was a feeling like I'm okay with, you know, not killing a deer or not yeah. going hunting. And I equated to that that deer. Um, you know, and then two years later, I was able to kill another deer that was really another once in a lifetime deer. And then it was like, wow, you know, like I, I still am at that point of like, I used to be a very much like go, 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 go type, type hunter. Now it's very much like sit back and strike while the iron's hot. Like I'm, I might only hunt six, seven times in a year, uh, but I'm going to strike, you know, at those those surgical strikes, like when the time's right. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I, I'm really okay with that. And if I don't kill a deer next year, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I used to be not fine with that. Like I had to kill a buck every year, yeah. you know, yeah. but I'm, you know, I've, I'm a couple years removed from that, that feeling. And it, I'll tell you what, it, it feels great. It yeah. feels phenomenal <laughs> to yeah. be that way. Yeah, I believe it. I will say this on, for, for a completely selfish goal of mine it's 100 percent selfish and it's egotistical in a way but i feel like even like the greats like I, i'm not trying to be the greatest deer hunter but but i i feel like in order to accomplish certain goals in life you have to be a little self-centered and you have mm -hmm. to you have to be egotistical and so i do have one really selfish self-driven egotistical goal and that is to shoot a booner i want to mm -hmm. shoot not necessarily a gross booner just a net boom uh buck in iowa and you know but here's the thing like i'm not willing to pass up any 150s either so no. <laughs> you know what i, I mean know. so uh Shit, Dan, i so, won't pass up a 130 <laughs> i know i know so that's that's ultimate goal of mine and i think I think before my my days behind the bow end, I'll be able to accomplish that at some yeah. point. Um, I also feel like there's going to be a time where, like right now, I am in a mature buck. If a mature buck walks in front of me, I'm going to shoot it. If it's got 
even if it's it might not be mature but has a gigantic rack i'll probably shoot it um so i'm in that kind of stage of my life but i feel like here coming up i'm gonna go through a stage that some hunters go through where they're looking for one thing and if they don't find it they're going to they're gonna not shoot it and then they're okay with eating their tag yeah um and i i think i'm gonna go like i'm gonna go through that again at, at the point and probably that's going to overlap with the energy that i'll be giving towards getting my kids involved as well so yeah and i'm i'm very much i can feel that already coming for me like last yeah. year was like a trickle effect or like a like a dip a toe in like mm-hmm. the first buck i killed last year i thought he was bigger than he was when i walked up i'm like ah oh, man you know it's like i was still excited i mean it got me completely jacked up but um you know and it was like man I've, I've got quite a few of those deer so it's like you know it's like then you have some self-reflection of well you need to up the ante a little bit mm-hmm. even if i am in michigan like it's okay if you don't kill one like let's 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 hold out for a certain caliber of deer i can definitely feel myself getting there um for me it doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen like you know because i know what will happen like i've already been glassing deer in the beans and i'm like well, he looks pretty darn good. Like, you yep. know, and he might only be 115. Like, yep. still get excited for that. So, Heck yeah. um, I can see it coming, though. Yeah. You know, I, the, the stages, I, like, I like talking about the stages because I don't feel, and I, I feel that it hurt me in a certain aspect earlier on when I, when I started getting serious about it. I didn't go through uh it's brown it's down stage and so i instantly went into mature buck kill mode and i i feel like that had you know i've talked about it a lot so i don't I won't get too deep into it but i feel like that hurt me in, in, throughout the you know i think we talked about it you know the first mm-hmm. couple times that i had a true encounter like true encounters with some big deer it actually hurt me because i never stair stepped up i was never comfortable in those situations and then you get to the stage that I am now where, I mean, I still get excited and I still get um, a very short, small dosage of buck fever, but I, I'm able to maintain control somewhat in uh, the, during the moment of truth. And, you know, then you get to the stage that I'm, I'm kind of coming out of and getting into the next stage, which is kids and things like that. So I don't know. I just love, I just love the progression of it. I love the strategy of it. And, I don't know. I, I don't ever see myself wanting to quit and go collect stamps or anything, anything like that. You don't want to take up basket weaving anytime no, soon. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I get know. that, and I will say, you know, coming from a state in a community that is very much went through the brown and down stage, mm-hmm. um, I I will say, it's a double edged sword. You know, yeah. you you kill a lot of deer, so you get comfortable killing deer in the long run quicker than maybe someone like yourself had. Um, cause you're, you know, you're in that, that situation more, but on the flip side, I think it hurts because I still have friends that are my age that are still very much have to kill a buck every year and they'll kill a basket rack eight pointer. That's a year and a half or two and a half. And yeah. they do it every single year, you know? And it's like, they talk like, I, I'm trying to kill a bigger deer or a, a higher age, but really deep down, they don't want to tell you that it's like, I still have to get my buck. You know, yeah. and it's, I still see a lot of people that way. And yeah. I think on the flip side, I think that that hurts the, the brown, it's brown, it, the brown, it's downstage still hurts because you grew up killing a buck every year. So they still feel like they have to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. I feel you. You boil this down. If you, if you boil all of it down to the most common denominator, Here's what I ultimately think I enjoy the most about hunting. And it's not even killing the deer. It's not even the strategy of the deer. It's not about the antlers or the age class. It is literally, I think my favorite part of it is just climbing up in a tree stand, sitting still and watching nature be nature, Mm -hmm. whether that's a squirrel or birds do their thing, we're watching bugs crawl up a tree, watching the deer chase each other or, or make a scrape or just how they move through. Like 
take that take the hunting out of it and i feel like if there for some reason if they said okay all hunters are going to be put to death if they go out and hunt anymore i i still feel like i would go out into the woods and sit in a tree stand for my fun yeah i don't I, it sounds crazy but i i absolutely love nature i I, I, it's almost like I need it. Like there's a lot of stress in my, I, I feel some of it's brought on by myself. Some of it's external, but my stress in life, that's how I deal with it, man. Mm -hmm. Is I go outside, I take a walk. I, I sit on my back deck. I, I don't know, go climb a tree. I go, I get into the tree house with the kids and just sit and listen to the wind blow through the, the leaves. And that, in my opinion, is the biggest stress reliever that a person can can find. So uh, public service announcement, if you are stressed, go outside, go on a hike, go fishing, go get a bow and practice archery. Like these things will reduce your stress. I guarantee it. I agree. And, you know, the 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 talk has been around we're losing hunters and we need to get mm -hmm. more hunters in it. If we could sit new hunters in a situation just like you described they'd be instantly hooked instantly yep. i don't know if you know there are some people out there that'd be like oh that doesn't sound like a lot of fun but watching the sun come up in the morning on a crisp october oh, morning yeah yep. or you know watching a buck just dog a doe around november 3rd in the you know like or just watching a squirrel or seeing a fox. You know how many times people have, you know, I mean, people, there's people that have never seen a fox or never yep. seen a coyote, never seen. And when they do see them, it's like, oh, you know, what kind of rodents that or whatever. Really, it's like really neat to see that kind of stuff, you know, oh, yeah. or, or birds chirping or, you know, something, whatever, hear a stream. And like, if we could get people just to sit in that situation, like they'd be instantly hooked because mm -hmm. I agree hundred percent with you. I don't have to go out there and get an experience of running an arrow through a deer. I just want to go out there and, and feel a little chilly. I want to see yep. the trees changing colors. I want to hear the acorns dropping. I want to hear the birds chirping. Like that's, that's what, that's what, you know, centers us. That's what, yep. that's what connects us to the ground and the, and the earth and however you want to say it like that, that's in the grand scheme of things, that's hunting. And that's, that's the adventure we're us as deer hunters are are trying to accomplish in a way, you yep. know. Yep, absolutely. Here, you you mentioned something. I want to play a game called real quick called my favorite, my favorite thing. Okay. Okay. And I, I'm gonna I'm going to do one, and then I'll let you do one, and we'll we'll bounce back and forth until you know we get bored of it. All right. So, All right. my favorite thing, one of my favorite things. And this is, and although I'm not a huge turkey hunter, one of my favorite things is when a tom turkey gets so close to you, you can hear them drum. They may not be gobbling, but you can hear that. Yep. Uh, and that means they're close. That is one of my favorite things about uh, being in the outdoors. Okay. I've got a good one. And one of my favorite things is, so I I grew up in Michigan in, in a heavy tradition, deer hunting tradition yep. uh, state. And, you know, I've grew, I've grown up with a piece of private ground that has had a deer camp that we built ourselves, you know, like 23 years ago. Okay. So I've, I, I have a deer camp I can go to. One of my all time favorite things is to have my dad, me um you know and other guys at camp the other guys mm -hmm. at camp wake up in the morning and our our our, our cabin is is uh powered by generator but yeah. we have a 12 volt battery when you wake up in the morning you can just hit the light switch on and it'll bring like 12 volt lights on and it's yep. it's it's not lit very well at all like it's just like like enough a prison not trip. exactly yeah. enough to see what the hell you're doing my favorite one of my favorite things ever is to have the coffee pot that's a percolating coffee pot on the wood stove and you know i'm a heavy creamer guy but when i'm at deer camp i drink black black coffee 
because out of a percolator with that environment talking about what ridge you're going to hunt or what swamp you're going and hearing one of the guys saying we got to get going it's getting daylight in the swamp dude i just i that is one of my all-time favorite things and it's something i will never ever forget because that scenario is just it just centers me it just puts me right when i hear my dad or somebody say it's getting daylight in the swamp we got to get in the tree you know what yeah. i mean um and having that coffee and the smell i can smell it right now like it's oh dude love that dude i love i love the smells all right i got another one one of my favorite things is on a cold november rut frost on the ground no wind no noise morning hearing that crunch 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 <laughs> coming behind you or coming towards you and it's you hear them coming first now if it's a if it's a, a big buck it makes it better but uh, there's something i can feel the coolness on my face right now i can feel the warmth of my clothing i can almost smell the the pure air that is with a, one of those cold mornings right and uh you know, you, you climb up. I, I don't wear a lot of gloves um, really anytime. I either I have a muff that I put my hands in and then like I can feel climbing up the cold, uh, you know, the cold uh, climbing sticks. Yeah, the cold climbing sticks and uh, sitting in there. And and sometimes I bring coffee with me. Sometimes I don't. But uh, dude, they're that those especially when it's like the sun is just above the horizon and everything is reflective color the frost hasn't thawed out yet and that's one of my favorite things oh man that puts me right in a spot right exactly in a i know oh i'm gosh. talking about one tree stand too dude <laughs> yeah I, wanted, I killed a deer out of there two years ago and i, I dude i want to go back there again this year. i could take you to the pine tree that it it oh my gosh i was eight years old i can take you to the pine tree sitting with my dad and we heard it was that I swear to God, Dan, it was the last cold, crisp, no wind morning I've ever had when I was eight. I feel like and it was so crisp that all the leaves were were white. It was almost like a, a blanket of snow in a way, but it was just all frost. So freaking cold. And uh, my dad would tap me on the he'd set me above him on a platform and my he'd let my feet hang down, dangle down right by him. And he's like. Every time I tap you, I want you to hit the grunter. So he tapped me and I'd grunt, tap me, I'd grunt. And next thing you know, Dan, all you hear is, and then it stopped. And yeah. dude, it was, it was like within 30 yards, but you couldn't see it because it was in the timber. Yep. And the next thing you hear is, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And my, I see my dad grab the bow and the, I, all of a sudden you could see the deer's feet right on the other side of the tree. And he walks out and it's this nine pointer. And he comes in at like 15 yards and my dad smacks him. I was eight years old and watched this with a bow. And yeah. my dad tells me, he's like, right when, right when I shot him and the air went through him, he's like, you just screamed. Yes. As loud as you could or whatever, <laughs> you know, and I watched the deer die. Oh my gosh. I can take you right there. The tree's still there. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. One of my favorite things also is walking out on a November cold, 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 old November morning to a tree stand and having like a red light on and mm -hmm. you're walking through like a cow pasture or something like this is more of like a Kansas kind of thing but or yep. CRP ground and uh you had just left your vehicle or, or left your transportation and it's like okay you're going in and you almost I almost get this feeling of like I'm going into the thick like I'm going into battle like mm -hmm. as weird as it sounds but I I, I just remember like one of the things I love is just looking down and, and my light being on my boots and just watching the ground and me walking through the wet dew ground. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is part of the experience I'm here. Let's do this, you know, right. Oddly, but that is one of my favorite things too. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. <clears throat> one of my favorite things is, man, I just had it. It was, it was, <laughs> it was perfect. Uh, brain fart i anyway, got another one do it yeah okay. that'll give me time what one of my uh big big timber setting 
one of my ultimately favorite things to is is like a midday hunt you know 10 11 noon time frame you've been sitting there all morning and you're like you're battling yourself you're like do i get down do i do i stay here i'll give it 10 more minutes i'll give it 15 more minutes you give it 15 more minutes and all of a sudden you, you out of nowhere you're just here and you're looking up and you all of a sudden you see this doe just bounding at you and you're like oh my god he's gonna be here right he comes <laughs> here he comes you know and she's coming right at you it is one of my all-time favorite things. And she runs and she stops 20 yards right in front of you and looks back. And all of a sudden you look and you just see a rat come and you're like, holy shit, there he is. And you grab yeah. your bow and up. That is, oh my gosh. Hearing yeah. the, that crack. And when she, I don't know why the deer, the doe always seems to stop right in front of you. I, I don't yep. know if you get that, but the doe stops shooting distance right in front of you all the time and looks back and it's like, is he coming, you know, kind of thing. And then you just know she's going to run underneath you and he's going to bring him right by you. Right to you. Oh, right to you. on a that's string, a, man. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things is, and it, really what we're doing here is we're, we're saying that deer hunting is our favorite thing. <laughs> but, but, but we're breaking it down into these yes. little small parts of the whole. Yeah. And so one of my favorite things is the first phone calls after you arrow a deer right and so usually this is the, actually this past year was the first year that i didn't do it um the because well i did do it but you know we couldn't find it and he didn't he wasn't able to help me drag it but my first my one of my favorite things you put the arrow through the deer pick up the phone and i call one of two people it's either um, it's a, either a buddy of mine or it is my stepdad because he helps me he helps me drag him out or come look for him every time unless unless he's in the woods. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'll call my stepdad and I'll be like, hey, just put an arrow in a good buck. And he's like, all right, I'll start getting the gear together. And then I usually go pick him up. Uh, not last year, but the year before my mom even came with me. And so it was my stepdad and my mom, um, and they helped me drag this deer out of the woods. Uh, and like that first phone call, and then the the third person that I call usually is my wife, or second is usually my wife, and she's like, I'll say I got one, and she'll be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's in her own way, kind of excited yeah. for me, but um, uh, but. I call her and just like the phone calls and you can hear like the excitement, especially if it's a true, uh, another true hunter, you can hear the excitement. Like if, if you called me and like, dude, I just smoked a giant, you would be able to hear me going like, Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like getting jacked up for another person. Uh, yep. it, uh, that is one of my favorite things. It, that is that was what i was gonna say like just as much sending the phone call i love being the as guy receiving, receiving the phone exactly. call because you know when it's like 45 minutes before dark and you know your buddy is out hunting and you in it you look at your phone and it's like no get out of here you know i gotta yeah, answer it. it you know and you answer and they're it. like he, and, you know the first thing is always an f-bomb yeah. you know and then it's like <laughs> yes and then your hunt is like i'm getting down and, you know it's prime time and you're like i'm getting down and, yeah but um yep. i will say one of my favorite things about phone calls is so my wife is usually the first one i call and um either her or my dad so i i referred to my iowa deer uh so i hunted you know, my, my wife is very like, loves what I do and she, mm -hmm. she gets it all. She's a hunter as well, but this one hit different. Okay. So she knew I was chasing this deer and, uh, I finally called her at right after I shot him, I called her and I'm glad I got this. I have this all on film too. Um, I FaceTimed her actually from the tree and she's like, you know, first thing she says is like, why are you, why are you calling me? You know? And I said, I just shot, I just shot him. And she immediately started crying and <laughs> dude, it hit me hard. And, um, she was, she was more happy for me than I was for myself. And then I started crying and <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite things because 
her like when when I call her and I've called her for a lot of deer and it's a lot of that same thing like I'm so happy for you way to work your butt off to do it and everything um she she's such a good support system and like that is one of my favorite things is calling her and getting her reaction and yeah. uh you know and then she ultimately makes me cry because she cries so <laughs> but she's just super <laughs> super pumped about it so yeah man uh that's awesome that's just good in life yeah to have somebody understand what makes you happy and the fact that she is she is elated for you mm -hmm. right so that that that's like the that's pure love dude was what yeah. that is right yeah she absolutely loves you to the point where she is so jacked up for your own happiness that's mm -hmm. that's very rare man yeah that's awesome and that's I, awesome. i'm glad i got it on camera because you can see her crying then my daughter she my daughter was uh two and a half at the time or just over two years old and uh, uh my daughter comes over the phone and she's daddy daddy big buck big buck big buck mm -hmm. you know and it's like she my wife was telling her about it and she kind of got it you know mm -hmm. so my daughter that was cool to have that moment as well so i'm glad i have it all their reaction everything on camera so it was pretty neat yeah that's awesome man congrats um i mean i we could sit here forever i, I will i will i'm gonna do one more it's not deer hunting related though okay my favorite thing whether that's with my wife or my father-in-law or even sometimes with the kids my favorite thing is to be on a boat with my father-in-law on the mississippi river top water fishing for smallmouth with like a plug or a popper uh, right on these mud banks that they they set up on or, or they go in to feed in on on these bait fish in the mornings same type of scenario kind of cool you can feel feel the coolness of the water uh, in the air you can hear the dam in the background in on the mississippi uh, and you can hear maybe distant boat motors going through uh, before all the boat traffic gets there you can hear the birds right you can hear the eagle scream um, a train in the distance because uh, on those pools uh, between Iowa and Wisconsin, there's a train. The trains will come through and you're just popping that water and then they attack. And then, you know, I call I call a smallmouth the bicep of the of the <laughs> river because they just bite so hard. Yep. And uh, uh, smallmouth fishing on that particular part of the river is one of my favorite things. That's awesome. That's really cool. And any any moment you can have with like, you know, a, a parent or a, a significant other or a kid, yeah. something like that. You know, I, I have just because you said it, I'll say one more. Mm -hmm. You know, my my favorite thing is is recovering a deer with my dad that my dad had shot, you know. Oh, um, yeah. You know, he killed a pretty good buck back in 2000, probably three or four years ago. I can't remember, but it was like the last good one he's killed. And and uh, I'm so glad I was traveling all fall for work. And I was so glad I was I was home at that time. And I was actually hunting the same property. It was it was rifle season and I heard him shoot. And mm -hmm. uh, and he calls me, he's like, I got him. And I'm like, yeah. oh, let's and to be able to recover that animal and take a picture with them. And, you know, that that's that's stuff that I'll never, ever get to, you know, replace. And, yeah. you know, the memories I'll, I'll always have. So that that's one of my favorites as well. Absolutely. Uh, nature is neat. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a fun thing, dude. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's see here. 53 minutes. Let's call it. Yep. I mean, we, we didn't get into absolutely anything that we discussed. <laughs> nope. right, like literally right before we hit the record button, we went over like, hey, let's talk about, uh, you know, trail cameras and let's talk about summer scouting and, and you know, blasting and things like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Boop. 53 minutes later, not uh, one of those topics was discussed. Save but, it for next week. <laughs> but I feel like the conversation that we had weighs way more than the same old stuff that we could have for talked sure. about. Yeah. For sure, so, man. I agree. Well, man, hey, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on again. And, uh, man, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Dan. And that brings us to the end of another Nine Finger Chronicles podcast here. Uh, on the fall session series, man. Uh, 
I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy talking to all of you, talking about what I truly love, and that's whitetail hunting um, or just hunt bow hunting in general. Uh, I'm a huge fan of archery. Uh, and I, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself an archer, but I love bow hunting. And so, um, man, I'm, I, I just enjoy what I do, and I have you guys to thank for that. Huge shout out to Tethered Wasp Vortex, a uh, new partner that you'll be hearing a lot of, Code Blue Sense, um, The Woodman's Pal, and Huntworth. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Please go to iTunes, leave me a five-star review, or wherever you download your podcast. And last but not least... Um, good vibes, man. It's that time of year. So let's start to focus, right? Shift our focus towards deer hunting, put a little bit more time mentally into it. Uh, maybe when you're driving, maybe on, uh, your, your hunting apps and, uh, let's get, let's get, uh, cracking on this upcoming season scout. So any free time that you have, don't sit on the couch, go do something whitetail related and get fired up for this upcoming season. My friends, we'll talk to you next time.